0: pastor ray bentley with a glimpse of today's study on maranatha radio
1: now jesus is bringing crowds of gentiles together with crowds of jews along the shores of the sea of galilee isaiah was prophesying that when the messiah comes he's going to bring the jews from galilee and he's going to bring the gentiles from galilee and he's going to bring them together and a great light will be shining for all the world to see Spread the news. Of
0: Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Among the miracles of Jesus, some are obvious, some not as much. It's easy to recognize that the blind see, the deaf hear, and the lame walk. But the healing He offers on the inside of us sometimes is only obvious to us. Today we'll see He heals relationships, even between Jew and Gentile.
1: Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. All right. Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, beginning in verse 31. Jesus heals someone who is deaf. Verse 31, it says, again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon. And it says he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. So he's coming into the land of Israel, but notice that the Decapolis means the 10 cities, it's Roman territory, it is Gentile territory. So even though he's headed back uh, to the the land of Israel and he's headed back to the people of Israel, uh, he is still in Gentile territory in the Sea of Galilee. We read in verse 32, and then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech and they begged him to put his hand on him and he took him aside from the multitude and he put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue and then looking up to heaven he sighed or he groaned and he said unto him fatha that is be opened And immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. And then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak." Here Jesus is in the land of the Gentiles. He opens their ears. He opens their mouths. And as Jesus is coming back, he's just been in Tyre and Sidon. He has done great and marvelous, wonderful miracles. But now he's leaving. He's, he's, as it were, leaving Lebanon behind him. He's leaving Tyre and Sidon behind him. He is headed back to Galilee, the northern part of Israel. But he's on the side of the lake of the Sea of Galilee. It still has many, many Gentiles, many, many Romans. And here's what I want you to see in your mind as Jesus leaves this place where they have seen miracles like they've never seen before. A land that was known for its idol worship and pagan worship. It was an area where ultimately child sacrifice had been practiced for many generations. It was a place where there was lots of superstition, lots of witchcraft, lots of the occult, lots of demonic manifestations. Jesus had done miracle after miracle, healing after healing, deliverance after deliverance. And now as he is making his way back home, he climbs to a local hill. He sits down and there are large crowds following Jesus to the Sea of Galilee who are Gentiles. We are told by the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew records this very same scene. Matthew and Mark give kind of two sides to the same event that was happening. And I'll just add, because Mark leaves it out, Matthew tells us that there were many people among these Gentiles who had been plagued with all kinds of diseases, there were people that were lame, there were people that were blind, there were crippled people, there were mutes, there were many others, and their families, and their relatives, and those who loved and cared for them, who were bringing all of them to Jesus. Jesus, when he was, it wasn't just, oh, another healing, He sighed. He groaned within himself. That's the word there in the Greek. When he sighed, it means he groaned. Why? Well, you know, if you're just mental, you can think, well, hey, I'm the Messiah, I have the power to heal, the guy's sick, boom, you're healed. But Jesus took it very personally. Why did he groan? Because it affected him emotionally. He saw it, he looked into the eyes of a man who was was plagued with the results and the consequences of the curse of sin, and it made Jesus groan. Yes, he had the power, but he saw it and he felt it, and I believe that he shouted in his own language, be open now in Jesus' name. He rebuked that illness out of, he popped his ears, you know, he touched his tongue. The poor guy didn't have the capacity to hear, but he could feel Jesus, you know, as Jesus' fingers went in and and he couldn't speak, but Jesus spat and then he touched his tongue and it opened up. It was powerful and it was real. It was not just declaration, it was demonstration. And now this is what I love on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, crowds of Gentiles are following Jesus from Lebanon and northern Israel to crowds of Jews and they're all around the Sea of Galilee. And he's mixing it all up together. And Isaiah, the the prophet, described what it would be like in the days when the Messiah came. I want you to read with me Isaiah chapter 35, verses 5 and 6. Let's read it out loud. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Now is that beautiful or what? Listen, he doesn't just say, I'm going to heal deaf ears, and, I'm gonna, and people that can't talk will be able to speak, and if you're lame, you'll be able to walk. That's one way to put it. But I love the way that the Hebrew really defines it. Isaiah the prophet says, The eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame, when they get healed, will leap like a deer. Do you don't think that when somebody was lame, was touched by Jesus and healed, that they started running around on those fresh, brand new pair of legs? And the tongue of the dumb, not just, I can speak now, but they sang, they sang. Their tongue was loosed, and the first thing they wanted to do was to sing. I believe that, that we, are, we are living in a time, and right now, an hour, where people, there's, there, where there is no vision, the people perish. Jesus saw the, the masses of humanity as sheep wandering around with no shepherd. That is a very frightful thing. Because sheep without a shepherd, they get picked off. They have no defenses. Uh, their only protection is to have a shepherd. It's a very a frightening thing. And, and if you look at the world today, and the rocking of the political, economic structures of the world. We got, now we got seven billion sheep wandering around. Where's the vision? Where's the leadership? Where is the lion lying with the lamb? Where's peace? Where's the end of war? Where is their hope? But well, it's only gonna come when Jesus comes again. We long for him, we look for him, and I believe he wants to pour out his spirit in new, fresh, powerful, dynamic ways because the same Messiah who walked along the shores of Galilee then among Jews and Gentiles is the same Messiah that is walking right here tonight. Right here tonight, He is available to you his power, his name, his glory, his honor, his spirit, and he wants to give you an experience of of the reality that Christ in you, the hope of glory, and once you have that life-changing experience, these people were never the same again. And you will never be the same again when you see Jesus and hear him and feel him and follow him. Amen? Amen? Notice in verse 33, I love this. When Jesus saw this guy, he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. And then looking up into heaven, he sighed, and then he said to him, in their language, what is to be opened. Jesus gave this man personal attention. That word that is used there for the groaning is similar to the word used when Paul talks about in Romans chapter eight, that when, we, when the spirit prays within us, we groan, that we yearn, that we long uh, for him. And as Jesus witnessed this, he, he, he poured out his spirit upon him and as he touched him, he healed him instantly. This was the fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise in Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. God said, I will bless those who bless you, Abraham. I will curse those who curse you, Abraham. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Some people get offended that the Jews are the chosen people. You know what, they are the chosen people. But just because they were chosen does not mean that you were not chosen. God began with, he had to start somewhere. He started with Abraham and he blessed him. And I love how God personalized it. He said, Abraham, you and me, we are friends. Abraham is known as the friend of God. How many of you would like to be able to say that God is my friend, he calls me his friend. Guess what, you have it. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants but I call you my friends you hear it you see it but there are different levels of knowing and understanding it growing in Christ is not just hearing the same things you already know but it's growing in the awareness of the glory of the reality of what you already know do you hear me to where you're like, your eyes are open and your heart is open and you're like, <gasps> you, you hear a fresh, in a new way, in a deeper way, in a more glorious way, Christ is in me. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we could only grow in the consciousness that Christ is in us as our very hope of glory.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. We really enjoy hearing when Pastor Ray's teaching and preaching touches lives. Dear Maranatha Chapel, thank you so much for your ministry. I really appreciate Pastor Ray's daily devotions and the online worship. Thank you also for your prayers of protection. God bless each and every one of you and your loved ones. And we thank that listener for those uplifting words. How have Pastor Ray's studies in God's Word each day encouraged you? Would you write him and tell him your story? Send Pastor Ray an email at ray at raybentley.com. That's ray at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley.
1: Now look with me in, in uh, chapter eight. We're gonna look at this second time, the second time that Jesus fed a multitude. And again he's still predominantly in Gentile territory. I'm sure there were Jewish people there It's at the shores of the Sea of Galilee, but it's in the region, in the area, where there are multitudes of Gentiles still there. And so we read in verse one, in those days the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion. On the multitude, because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. Now, the last time that he fed the 5,000, I think they'd been with him one day and it was a very long day. But now this crowd has been hanging on Jesus every word for three days. But now they're hungry, they've been following him. And he says, And if I send them away hungry to their own uh, houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Who knows how far the word had traveled of this miracle working man, the Messiah, the Jewish man whom they said, is he a prophet? Is he Elijah? Is he even the Messiah? And so many had come. So verse four, once again, his disciples answered him, how can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? Now, this is the second time this has happened. Jesus fed 15, 20,000 people last time. And now the disciples say, Well, how are you going to feed this many people? Wait a minute. Let's, you know, put that on pause and go back to where they were when Jesus fed multitudes of people. Did it dawn on the. Have you ever wondered where were the disciples at? What are they thinking? But how many of you, God has delivered and done a miracle and touched you in a mighty and wonderful way and then you're at another place where you're between between a rock and a hard place and you go, I don't know, is he gonna do it again? Is God gonna pull me through this time? I know you did last time, but now I'm here, Lord. And do we not have doubts? I mean, let's be honest, I do. We all get to that place, Lord, really? Are you gonna do it again? We're like little children, aren't we? We wanna, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Lord, help me again. Uh, you know, we, we wanna be so strong and so spiritual, but in reality, we're little pipsqueaks. So anyway, his disciples answered him, how can one satisfy these people with the bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, again, deja vu, how many loaves do you have? And they said, what? Seven. How many did they answer last time? 12 and a couple of fish. So now, in verse six, it says, "'So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, "'and he took the seven loaves, and he gave thanks, "'broke them, and gave them to his disciples "'to set before them. "'And they set them before the multitude. "'They also had a few small fish, "'and having blessed them, he said "'to set them also before them. "'So they ate, and were filled, "'and they took up seven large baskets "'of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about 4,000 and generally they were just counting the men. So again, another crowd of 12,000, 15,000 people. And then he sent them away, immediately got into the boat with his disciples and he came to the region of uh, Dalmanthua. So the miracle of feeding 4,000, both Matthew and Mark record this event. And, And I want to talk about the differences and then the lessons of each very quickly. As I mentioned here in your notes, the first miracle took place in Galilee, near Bethsaida, and it involved primarily Jewish people. This miracle took place near the Decapolis, which I mentioned was the Ten Cities Gentile area. Mostly there were Gentiles who were involved. Now Jesus is bringing crowds of Gentiles together with crowds of Jews along the shores of the Sea of Galilee All this is a sign that he is the promised Messiah. We could read so many scriptures from Isaiah. What an awesome prophet that Isaiah was. Isaiah was a prophet who was there in the temple of the Lord and he lived 700 years before Jesus was born. 700 years But he prophesied, he had prophetic vision, and he saw seven centuries into the future, and he spoke such beautiful words. If you have never read the book of Isaiah, if you are a Gentile, you should read it, because no prophet speaks of the love of God more for the nations of the world than the prophet Isaiah. And if you are Jewish, I especially encourage you to read Isaiah, who lived 700 years Before Jesus came along, and I would especially ask you to read Isaiah chapter 53. In Isaiah chapter 53, it describes the Messiah. And I'll tell you, you read Isaiah 53, you see Jesus. And there is Jesus. Isaiah was an incredible prophet. But he made a prophecy that I think is fulfilled right here in the story we're reading in the Gospel of Mark. So I only had room for two verses. Read with me Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2 out loud together. Let's read it. Therefore, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now let me help you with this. Zebulon was a tribe in the north of Israel. Naphtali was a tribe in the north of Israel right around the Sea of Galilee. And that part, the northern part of Galilee is where the Gentile world always met with Israel. They were always coming from the north. Galilee, of the nations, by the way of the sea, along the Jordan. And those people who have been living for centuries in darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah was prophesying that when the Messiah comes, he's going to bring the Jews uh, from Galilee and he's going to bring the Gentiles from Galilee and he's going to bring them together and a great light will be shining for all the world to see. Now let's look for maybe some hidden meaning here. Uh, The feeding of the 5,000, it is interesting that in the Bible, and, and I don't want to make more of this than it is, it's just interesting, but there is numerology in the Bible. How many would agree that everything in the Bible is there for a reason? There are no mistakes, no accidents, every jot and every tittle, every little dash has meaning, especially in the Hebrew so every number in the Bible, if you take, go from Genesis to Revelation and you, you string together all the scriptures that talk about a particular number, things begin to surface. So I'm going to share with you something interesting. If you are interested in more of this, the numbers in scripture, there's a book by that name called Number in Scripture by E.W. Bullinger. But let me just say this. As I mentioned here in your notes, five in scripture is often used in relation to the grace of God, Five is a number of grace. Two is the number of witness. Deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 15. Let a thing be established by two witnesses. And 12, the 12 baskets. The first miracle is a number of government. And often it refers to Israel. Now if you add to this that Jesus revealed himself as I am the bread of life. In John chapter 6 verse 35. And fish become a symbol of the disciples of Jesus or of believers. So 12 loaves of bread and these two fish with these insights. Here's how you could look at a kind of a spiritual message just by the numbers. It would say something like this, by the grace of God, you will be spiritually fed as the bread of life gives himself to you. And the witness of his word will sustain you and the bread of life will be given to the whole house of Israel, all 12 tribes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at the feeding of the 4,000. Four is the number of the earth. Why? Because on the fourth day, the creation of the earth was completed. Though days five and six dealt with populating the earth, the earth itself was created on day four, thus representing the earth. The number seven denotes divine completion. For on the seventh day of creation was finished and God rested from his work. So four, 4,000. Creation, all of the earth. The symbolism here could mean this. Jesus, who is now in predominantly Gentile territory, gives himself to all the nations of all the earth so that there is plenty for everyone, regardless of their nation, their kindred, or their tribe, who are spiritually hungry. They will be absolutely, totally, completely satisfied in the Messiah. For these two miracles together, there is enough of Jesus for the Jew and for the Gentile. And it's interesting that the feeding of the 4,000 is carried in only two gospels, Matthew and Mark, a witness to the Jew, And Matthew and Mark's witness was to the Romans or to the Gentile world, bringing them together. Hallelujah!
0: Great insight today, as Pastor Ray Bentley has led our study of the way Jesus brings Jew and Gentile together. From our text in Mark chapter 7 today on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Jesus is the Messiah. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you first arrive at our homepage, by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge. And also, you can link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? raybentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's latest books there, too. His new books, On the Mountain of the Lord, and his latest, The Threshing Floor, a prophetic fiction novel. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world.